So yeah, welcome to the Disciple Stream. This is for those that know Jesus and, and, and love Jesus. And each day we're going to learn how to be disciples more. Disciples mean the followers of Jesus. We're going to learn how to be like Jesus and, you know, what he's like. Um, so every day we are going to hear a characteristic of what it is from being a disciple. So Martin's going to talk about faith. I'm going to talk about love. Katie's going to talk about endurance. And Taylor's going to talk about authenticity. And throughout the week, we're going to learn the traits and the characteristics of being disciples. So by the end of the week, we can go out into the world and be disciples and make disciples. Okay, Martin, do you want to come out and up? Let's welcome Martin up. Talk to us about faith. Do you want to grab that mic, bro? John, hello. Hello. So I, since we got married, I've got to be organized now. So I've got a folder. Wow. Well I done, know. Um, so, Martin, I've got some questions to ask you <laughs> if I can find them in my folder. So the folder about me. Yeah. Okay. Here we go. So every day we're going to ask the preacher a couple of questions to get to know them. Uh, first one, if you could be an animal, what would it be and why? Oh, I think I'd be a monkey. I just think they look like they have a great laugh. Okay. So, yeah. Can you do your best monkey impression? <laughs> I'm really good at them. <laughs> wow, that was good. Thank you. Um, Not the first time. Thank oh, you. Yeah, round of applause. Thank please. you. Second question. What is the strangest thing you've ever eaten? The strangest oh, wow. thing you've ever eaten? Strangest thing? Oh, yeah, a monkey. No, I haven't eaten a monkey. <laughs> what? Um, what's the strangest thing? The weirdest drink I've ever had is a... Um, it was a wine from... I can't remember where it's from, like Morocco, but it basically tasted like camel sweat it was the most disgusting oh, thing i've ever had gosh. in my life it smelled horrendous try and describe what camel sweat tastes like well, I, it's impossible you have to try it to okay. drink it but yeah no that was horrendous um and final question if you could teleport anywhere in the world where would you go Anywhere in the world, yeah. I would go to Australia. Okay. Yeah. What reason? I just, I, I love the sun. I mean, that's, to be fair, it's, oh, it's raining the last few days here, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. But before that, I just love sunny weather. The lifestyle of Australia looks fun. So, yeah, I'd yeah. go there. Great. Martin, everyone. <laughs> Thanks, Andy. That's all right. Wonderful. Well, I've got the joy of kicking off the Disciple uh, Seminar stream. Who's been to New Day before? Who's been to Disciples before? This isn't the first year we've done the stream. Okay, a few of you. Great, not many. Brilliant. Well, it's good to have you all here today. Um, we're going to have a great time. As Sandeep said, I'm just going to share very briefly on faith, and then we're going to break into groups and just talk that through and try and apply it to our own lives. Just a little bit about me, just in case you're wondering who this crazy man is. My name's Martin. I live in Canterbury uh, with my beautiful family. I'm married to Catherine. We've got two uh, daughters. Annabeth is four, Millie is two, and they're all here with me this year, which is really fun. Uh, I'm an elder at the church in Canterbury. Uh, I have been an elder for, uh, I don't know, about four years, five years now, um, and just have the joy of being there and doing that. But I also have the privilege of being involved in New Day, have done for quite a few years now, and every year I really enjoy it. We are disciples of Jesus. If you call yourself, who, who would say they're a Christian? Raise your hand if you'd say you're a Christian. Brilliant. Well, the Bible tells us that what that means is we're disciples, which we, means we're followers. And actually what you'll find is the first time the term Christian is used about someone that's a disciple of Jesus, you can find it in the Bible in Acts chapter 11, verse 36. And what you'll find is that that term Christian was used to make fun of them. It was used to make fun of the church. It was to look at them and say, look, look at them. They're basically like little Jesuses. So they're making fun of them. But actually the church so loved the name. They thought, hey, do you know what? We're going to take that and we're going to take that for ourselves. And so being a Christian, what it means is to be little Jesuses. 
It means that being a Christian isn't just about knowing Jesus, but it's about being like Jesus. And so this week, we're going to look at some characteristics of Jesus that are expected of us as well as Christians. And so today, I'm going to start by looking at the characteristic of faith. Now, I thought to help us do this, if we got the things, that's tiny, is uh, those those literally in the front row can play this game. Everyone else, you just have to pretend you can see, Uh, is that what we've got here is some pictures of some heroes of the faith or heroes of faith. I want to see if you can guess who they are. So can anyone see? Basically, you're our only hope. If you can't see it. Oh, you got your hand right. Who's it? Is it Moses? Yeah. It is Moses. There we go. Go on. Let's keep going. Quick fire round. Who's next? Any ideas? Joseph. Yeah. Well done. That's a really good one. Yeah. There's a weird guy underneath him there. Who's this one? Any guesses? Simon Brading. Yeah. He's a hero of faith, isn't he? We all love Simon Brading. What about this one? Jesus. Daniel. It's Daniel. I'm glad you said I wouldn't have known. It's Daniel. Of course. These are heroes from the Bible, some of them. Who's this cool looking guy? Joel Virgo. It is Joel Virgo, hero of faith. Who's this guy? What's his name? Stephen Dawson. It is yeah. Stephen Dawson. And then this is my favorite. Does anyone know this guy? Anyone, anyone seen this guy? This is my favorite. This is my new hero of faith. I don't, he's not actually a Christian, but um, during the World Cup, who, who, who watched any of the World Cup? Anyone watch England? Who thought, anyone genuinely think England were going to win the World Cup? Would anyone have been thinking, do you know what, I'm going to get an England tattoo that says we're the world champions of 2018 before the end of the World Cup. Anyone do that? This hero of faith did, his name's Jamie, he literally, during the Panama game, when it was 5-0 at half time, he felt God tell him that he should get a tattoo. He said, it's like Noah, when God told Noah to build the ark, he told me, get the tattoo and we will win it. So he went out and he got a tattoo. It says, it's a picture of the World Cup and it says, England, World Champions 2018. That's not really faith, is it? That's more stupidity, but I just thought it was really funny. Thank you, Sandy. What I want to do this morning is just look at faith and the idea of faith. And what does it mean for us to be a people of faith? Does anyone know what faith is, what faith means? Anyone want to throw out an answer? What would you say faith is? No, just raising your hand for fun. Yeah? What you believe in, great. Well, that's unwavering trust and loyalty. That's a great definition going on there. Yeah, faith is, go on, do you want to say one? Trusting things without physical proof. Yeah, I think kind of to be a Christian, actually anyone in the world, they have, we, everyone has faith in something. Some people will tell you it's not faith, that, it's, uh, you know, that they, they know it, it's kind of fact. But actually the truth is anyone has faith in something. To be a Christian means we put our faith in God. We've put our trust in God. We've put our belief in God. If you've got your Bibles, open them with me to uh, the book of Hebrews. Which is right near the end. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1. If you've got your phone, that makes it much easier, actually. But this is what the Bible's definition of faith is. It says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for and the conviction of things not seen. Or, or my definition, I like to say this when I'm talking about faith. Faith is having an outrageous confidence in the power and promises of God that won't be shaken by our circumstance or our situations. I'll say that again. Faith is having an outrageous confidence in the power and promises of God that won't be shaken by our circumstances or our situations. 
because you see everyone can say perhaps in this room we can say yeah I believe in the things of God but as Dan was speaking about this morning it's only when difficulties come do we really see what we believe and where our faith is and where our faith lies and so this morning I just want to very briefly unpack what is faith and how can we grow in faith so again in your Bibles turn to the gospel of Mark and we're in chapter 11 from verse 20. I'm going to read this and then I'm just going to unpack a few things for us. It says this, as they passed by in the morning, this is Jesus and his disciples, they saw the fig tree withered away at its roots. This was Jesus was walking along a few days before. He'd seen a fig tree. It wasn't producing fruit and so he cursed it. And they come back a couple of days later and that tree that he's cursed is now withered away. It's got nothing left. And Peter remembered and said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree that you cursed has withered. And Jesus answered them, have faith in God. Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and thrown into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says will come to pass, it will be done for him. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. And whenever you stand praying, forgive. If you have anything against anyone, so that your Father also who is in heaven may forgive you your trespasses. I want to look at two very quick things about faith. First one is this. Faith is a gift from God. Sometimes what we can do is we can think that faith is dependent on us. So we can read this and you may find that first sentence that Jesus says where he says to them, have faith in God. We can kind of interpret that often to think that it means that we've got to try really hard to have faith in God. And so the things that Jesus said, if you pray, you'll move mountains, you'll see great things happen. If when we pray, we don't see those things happen, it's because we've not tried hard enough. We've not done well enough. We've not been good enough. And so our faith isn't strong enough because of that. But actually, the literal translation of the Bible in those verses, it would read, have the faith of God. Faith is a gift from God. If you're a Christian here today, the reason you're a Christian is because God in his kindness has given you the gift of faith to believe in his son Jesus Christ. That's what the Bible teaches us. Ephesians 2 verse 8 tells us that you've been saved by grace through faith, which is a gift of God. And so it's really important we understand when we're thinking about being disciples and being people of faith that we've got to understand that it's not down to us working really hard and trying really hard. How many of us have have kind of tried to be good Christians, have tried to pray really good prayers, have tried to read our Bibles and have found it hard? Anyone here? Anyone found that difficult? When we try and rely on our own strength, we will find that hard. God has not called us to live good lives in our own strength. God has called us to live lives of faith where we trust Jesus, where we listen to Jesus and we follow him. Jesus says to the disciples, have the faith of God. You see, the disciples, when they were with Jesus and there was no fruit on the fig tree and he cursed it, they probably walked away being like, yeah, that'll teach you stupid fig tree in your face, walking away thinking Jesus never really meant to curse the fig tree. He was just kind of saying it, you know, kind of to make a point, but then nothing would really happen. And they come back and they're shocked. Actually, what Jesus has said has had an impact. And Jesus is saying to them, listen, have the faith of God. Believe that the words that I say are true and that they will have an impact in your life. Having faith and being a disciple of faith means that we are those that will position ourselves in a way that says, you know what? I believe God and I believe what he's saying is true. Then what that means is we can start to live exciting lives. Anyone that's done anything exciting for Jesus has done it because they believe God and they've taken his word for truth. I want to encourage you. From a young age that you're at, believe God. 
Seek God for faith. Ask God to give you more faith. Because here's the other thing is that firstly, faith is a gift from God. But secondly, faith is now our status if we're a Christian. Who here has Facebook? Yeah, okay, a few of us. Who here has set, uh, set their kind of, um, what is it, relational status on Facebook? Anyone here? You know, whether you're single, in a relationship, married, whatever. Just you two. Just Steve and Jenny. They're married together as well. Well done. Have you both said you're married to each other as well? No one here has done that. On your Facebook, you've said whether you're single in a relationship or whatever. Three people. No way. Is Facebook just totally uncool now? Is that not, what are you using? Instagram. Wow. You know what I'm talking about, though, when I say Facebook. I'm not that far like, removed from your world. You've all seen it. In Facebook, if you haven't seen it, you set your status. You want to tell the world. Either you're single. Hey, look how handsome I am. Come and, uh, come and find out more. Or you're in a relationship. Stay away. Don't come near me. You know, I'm in a relationship. Or you're married, in which case, definitely stay away. That kind of thing. Or it's complicated, which is a really worrying one uh, to have as well. But you can have those too. As Christians, when you become a Christian, your status changes from unbelief to faith. And so what I believe that means is this, is that actually before you become a Christian, you are by default someone who won't believe the things of God as true. But when you become a Christian, your very identity changes. That means that now your default is that you believe the things of God are true. So although there may be doubts that come, as Dan talked about earlier, it's okay to have those. But right in the root of us, if we're Christians, we will be those that are convinced that God exists, that God is good, that God's word is true, and that prayer really matters. Our status now, our very position is one that we are those who are a people of faith. We're not those of unbelief anymore. We are those of faith. And so then Jesus goes on in that passage and he says to them, listen, you can grow in faith. The truth is faith is a gift, but it's kind of like we then have a responsibility to develop it. So it's kind of like muscles. We haven't done anything to get our muscles, right? You didn't do any work in that. That's the work of God and your mum when you're in a womb of kind of being formed that you are born with muscles. But then we have a choice in what we do with those muscles, yeah? We can choose to develop them like I have, incredibly so, or we can choose not to, like others. I won't point at anyone, but Sandeep, for example, has made the choice not to develop his muscles in this life. He's just gone for kind of jelly arms uh, and enjoying that. Faith is similar. Faith is something that we can choose to develop or we can choose not to. It's a gift from God, but we can help grow it. And Jesus gives us some tools in that passage we just read to help us think about and understand how we can grow in faith. Two keys we see is this. Firstly, we need to know God's word. Who here wants to grow in faith in Jesus? I hope you do. That's why you're here, right? This, this seminar stream is for those that say, you know what, I love Jesus and I want to just keep going for him and run further into what he's got for me. If you want to grow in faith with Jesus and for Jesus and following him in faith, you need to grow at reading your Bible. Not because there's some kind of holy checklist that God has and if you read your Bible enough, then he's like, okay, you've passed my test, I'll give you more faith. But because this book helps us know God, know his promises and follow him into the things that he has for us. How do you know if God's speaking to you or not? Well, read your Bible. Because there's certain things God will call us to do. There's certain things God won't. Now, in the Bible, it doesn't give us a kind of, you know, should I date this girl or not? Or should I, uh, you know, take this job or not? The Bible doesn't have a verse that you turn to that says, you know, dear Martin, today, don't do that, don't do that or whatever. But it gives us principles that we can learn to be people of faith. So we need to grow at being those, at growing our faith muscles by reading God's words. Some helpful ways we can do that 
is I like to read my Bible in a place where I'm not going to get distracted. I, I am so easily distracted. A fly goes past. I'm like, oh, what was that? A noise. I, my brain starts to wander. So when I'm reading my Bible, I try and go somewhere where I'm not going to get distracted, where it's quiet, where there's not loads of things happening around me. Perhaps that's helpful for you. Maybe you're someone that has a very short attention span, and so you need to put yourself somewhere when you're reading the Bible in a way that helps you concentrate. Don't kind of be unrealistic in your expectations when it comes to reading the Bible. If you're anything like me, I like to think too much of myself very often. So I'm like, today I'm going to read my Bible for seven hours because I'm really holy and really amazing. And after about three minutes, my brain is like crushing out. I'm like, I'm not going to be able to do seven hours. Set yourself realistic targets. How long do you think you could give it a go? Start with five minutes. And once you really got a consistency of reading your Bible for five minutes every day, then push it to six minutes, then push it to seven, then push it to 10, then push it to 15, then push it to 20. That's how you'll grow. Not by saying, right, after new day, I'm so buzzed up by God. I'm so want to be a person of faith. I'm just going to read my Bible all the time, wherever I am. Now set yourself realistic targets. God knows you. God knows how you can work. And he wants to help you grow in that. Be someone that looks to find a rhythm of how and where and when you're going to read your Bible. Is it the morning? If you're someone that wakes up in the morning and you're full of energy, read your Bible in the morning. If you're someone who wakes up in the morning and you're not awake till lunchtime, you're kind of walking around like a zombie, probably reading your Bible in the morning is not going to do you any good. Read it in the evening. Read it at a point that's going to help you grow. But some practical tips, learn how you tick and how you can grow at knowing God's Word because that's how you'll grow in being a person of faith. So we need to know God's Word, but also we need to know God's heart. We need to be those that pray God's heart. Jesus says in here, those that pray in my name will move mountains. Now often what we assume that to mean is any problem that I face in my life, anything that I want to see happen will happen if I just put the name Jesus at the end of my prayer. God, I want to win the lottery. So would I win it this week in the name of Jesus? Amen. Well, God has to answer that now because I've just put Jesus' name at the end. So he's going to answer it. That's not what he's talking about. What he means is we need to catch his heart. As we catch his heart, we will begin to pray the things that God wants us to pray for. We'll begin to believe the things that God wants us to believe. And we'll begin to walk in the way that God wants us to walk. Prayer is a wonderful gift. And the Bible is a wonderful gift for us to grow in relationship with God. So if you want to be a disciple of faith today, I want to encourage you with all of my heart. Firstly, it's a gift from God. You don't have to earn it. God isn't kind of some angry teacher in the sky that's got his list of all the things you should have done and is going through them and saying, well, I wanted to give you faith, but you've not done these things, so I can't give it to you. God is a generous father that has given you faith if you call yourself a Christian and wants to ongoingly give you faith for situations and circumstances in your life. Difficult friendships, difficult challenges that you're facing. Uh, you know, your home life might be hard, school might be hard. Whatever it is you're going through at the moment, God wants to give you faith for that situation. Fresh faith that comes and help and wants us to grow in developing it. It's a gift from God and it is now our status. It's who we are. We are people of faith. And we can grow in that faith by reading our Bible and by praying. You can begin to be someone who people look at and say, there's something about you that's different. I don't get it. I'm really stressed about what's going on at school at the minute, but you're really relaxed. It's not because you don't care. It just seems there's something going on in you. I'm really worried and anxious about life, and yet you seem to be someone full of peace. I'm really sad, and you seem to be full of joy. As we grow in following God, those characteristics will become more and more real in us and obvious to the world around us. But in order for that to happen, we need to understand it's a gift from God, it's our status, and we've got to develop it through reading the Bible and praying. Does that all make sense? Great.